My husband used to beat me. That was how I ended up out there that evening behind our house, just past the bushes, through the tall grass in front of the pipelines. Our small house was the last in the village, practically in the forest itself. So nobody ever saw or heard him beating me. Going out there was the best way to put space between me and him without sending him into further rage. When I went behind the house, he knew where I was and he knew I was alone, but he was too full of himself to realize I was thinking about killing myself. Lightning recap in Spider the Artist by Nettie Okorafor, a young woman befriends a deadly robot. Yay, you hath a little time. Nay, thou hast a little podcast. This is Short Story Short Podcast. I am Hugo nominated fancy editor Christopher J. Garcia today here with uh most awesome girl in my house nominated podcaster, Christy Baxter. And today we have a story that all of this levity is completely running in the face of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Christy, what story did we read this week? We read Spider the Artist by Nettie Okorafor. I'm going to get a bit meta here uh, because I think this is a story that actually speaks to, I've been going through a whole bunch of quotes about the definition of various genres and One of the definitions, I think it was by uh, Fred Pohl, was it is a story of human people with human problems without the technology wouldn't have been a story at all. It's a paraphrasing. Here, as you read the first two paragraphs, this isn't a story. If you just had the first two paragraphs, you would say, well, what's next? There is nothing technological here. There is no indication that you are in a science fiction story. This isn't like uh, Snow Crash, where, you know, the screen above the skyport was the dead television station. It wasn't that. This is, we are diving into the human aspects of a genre story. It definitely does bring the character relations up as a as a basis as a foundation upon which to build the sort of more technological aspects that come in a little bit later mm-hmm. and i think that that is in this story so important because we have to go through two sort of very important things we have to humanize the unhuman And at the same time as demonizing a human who seems to be, I don't know what the right word is here. It it really ties in with a bunch of different ideas I have about how you have a character who seems sort of just there and a malevolent spirit who goes from a malevolent actor to a malevolent spirit in a story, I think Mm -hmm. is sort of the way to go and I think uh her husband definitely falls into that category agreed agreed and 
I think establishing that and bringing that to the forefront first before bringing in the technology, because while this is a story about technology, it's a story about technology and its connection with humanity. So we need to establish the humanity first before we can make that connection. That's definitely true. And I think that uh, Nydia Corford does a great job of that within the way that she, she intellectually paces the story, not just, you know, uh, aesthetically paces, I guess. <laughs> Literarily, that's the word I was looking for. Narratively, even. Yeah, you're smarter than me. <laughs> I'm not smarter than you. It's just every once in a while, I know a word. <laughs> not often, not all the time by any means, but every once in a while. Yeah, I think that it's it's funny that we we read the first two paragraphs in the intro and you mentioned the first two paragraphs and really the way that those end uh, with that revelation that she is thinking, our protagonist is thinking about killing herself. We have brought her already within two paragraphs to probably one of the lowest points of her life. And so the rest of the story is going to be about what brings her back from that brink. That's right. Absolutely right. And what's also interesting is that immediately after those two paragraphs, we are thrown into the setting. So first we're thrown into the relationship between husband and wife. Next we're thrown into the setting of, you know, the Niger, uh, Delta People's Movement, where the water being fouled, uh, all of this sort of, this is the world building. We have the character building followed by the world building. And, you know, she sums it all up after two terrifying paragraphs, as far as I'm concerned, with my village was shit. Yeah, yeah. Boom. <laughs> when you break it down like that, it, it doesn't come off this way at first. But when you break it down like that, when you really examine it on a level of what is the author doing at each point, she is incredibly methodical. And I mean, that that could, some people might say, oh, the story is very methodical and that might make people think it's either clunky or it's plain and, and unexciting, but that's not the case here. It's just that when you actually break it down and look at what she's doing with each paragraph, with each section, you start to see, okay, what? here's what we're building in this section. Here's what we're building in this section. Here's what we're building here. And everything builds upon everything that came before. Exactly. And it even continues because what's right after that is it's she gets the magic sword. Uh, it's the, the guitar. It is, this is, I think, the way it is structured is how do you introduce a world that is of some time other than your, some time or some place other than your own. And it is very, very clear that she gets straight to, you know, here's the universal. Everyone understands relationships between two people, especially when they're garbage. Uh, followed by, well, here's a narrowing down of that experience. Some people haven't experienced it, but this is what it means. Mm -hmm. And next it's the very limited thing of this is the thing that I connect with. It's putting that funnel down into the new, new world. And then right after that, you get to uh, the, the concepts of what makes her world so different. Certainly, yes. But I feel like 
to say that the, when we get to the music part is narrowing. I feel like the music part is broadening. Music is, is something that can connect all of humanity regardless of what language we speak. It's, it could be called, I feel like, the great human language because it can communicate to anybody just through chords and through progression and through notes and through keys. And you don't even need to know the words necessarily to understand a song. That's why you don't have to necessarily know Italian to understand an opera. I mean, at least then you have the visuals too, but, but still like, it's just, you understand music gives us a feeling and it can be so universal. And so I feel like that's why it's the perfect choice for something to connect our protagonist. I want to say Emmy, but I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing correctly. It's E-M-E with the uh, spider. I didn't know you were a hippie. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm such a hippie, dude. Oh my God, I'm such a hippie. I'm more of a hippie than most people. I'm a bougie hippie, but I'm a hippie. I don't want to say bippy because I know that's what it were. <laughs> Not to be in you, you boy. Bippy. No. What I love about this story is once we get into the science fictional aspects, once we meet the spiders, uh, he said it with quotation fingers, um, we realize that one of the things that it does is it literally ties together every element of the world that we understand from those first six or seven paragraphs. It is the relationship. It is the location because without that pipeline, there is no need for the spiders. The spiders aren't there. And how they interact with one another is through that universal human language of music. Damn, you've got me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely a tapestry being woven here. And it's done very expertly to the extent that you don't even recognize it as it's happening um, or even until somebody mentions it like you did just now and then it hit me. Uh, but <laughs> there's definitely some, some weaving going on in the storytelling. And I feel like that's where some of the best storytelling comes from is when you take all these disparate elements and you weave them all together to make them all something more than the individual parts, which is kind of like what music is. <laughs> Oh, correct. Um, (laughs) I I love the, one, the spiders themselves are, when you remove all the potential humanity of our spider friend, whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, uh, (laughs) but when you remove all of that, they are fascinatingly terrifying machines that are, I don't, I would have trouble going through here and finding the particular descriptive elements that give me such a solid image of what it is. But I feel like I have a definite idea of how they fit in with this lush world around them. And that's a really, really interesting sort of thing that if you're a great writer, you can come up with a way to get the reader to have an image that is not necessarily on the page, but is also what you intended. And I think she did a great job with that here. Yeah, she also chose a 
a form that inspires fear automatically, even when it's just a, a when it's an organic creature, when it's not a, a robot, when it's in our house on our bathroom floor with eight legs. And, you know, people say, oh, the spiders eat the other bugs, but they still creep the crap out of me. <laughs> Why would I want something that eats bugs in my house? <laughs> <laughs> Although my cat, Willow, we have to, uh, today helped me chase a spider out of our house uh so yeah during the summer Hemingway will yeah Hemingway will eat things out on the deck and you'll just you'll see him running around and then you'll just hear crunch 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 (laughs) I'm scared and double scared (laughs) kind of scary yeah blink twice if you're in trouble (laughs) um uh I also think that these spiders are a lot like me in high school as they uh, attempt to seduce women when they play them no woman no cry. Because uh, <laughs> in one way you could read this as a as a romance. I don't know if I want to read it as a romance. It's not uh, uh, bug sex like... <laughs> <laughs> oh bug sex yes uh the plan is death uh but this is this is one that i think is has this idea built in of humanity meeting technology and forming something new and i i'm concerned in my head because i play out stories short stories in particular i'll play them out well beyond the end of the page. Um, and my, my thought is here, you know, she has the baby because her husband impregnated her apparently. Uh, and of course helps her and makes her and then raises the baby to be the reason who speaks to the robot revolution and uh, the robot spiders take over Niger and all the rest of Africa. And then we're all spider slaves. And that's not fun. But that yeah, might that's a- step too far. <laughs> That's a delightful extension of the original premise and the ending, and that will definitely not give me any nightmares whatsoever tonight <laughs> or for the rest of my life. Yeah, I don't see a, a sexual relationship necessarily. I think that the spider is that, that friend <laughs> who saves you from the dark place in your life. Although, you know, it, it, on the human to human level, it might be the friend who takes you in from an abusive relationship, helps you to you know resist the the siren call back to it, et cetera. All of those things helps you get back on your feet. In the, in this fictional world, you know it's the person who uh, or the uh, entity who uh, destroys the abusive husband, which uh, is also effective. Yeah, I think. There is a part of this story, the, uh, when people are rushing to gather up the, the diesel, that I think has a sort of an element to it that I instantly had this image of, if you know the painting Christina's World, uh, Andrew Wyeth, uh, she's laying down on a field of grass and there's a house in the background. Uh, 
It's one of the most famous American paintings ever. <laughs> I know, I know, I know it, I know it, and I read a whole thing about it recently, or listened to a listened to a podcast, something in the past couple months. Um, so yeah, I, as soon as you described it, I, I was typing it in. I was like, oh yeah, that one. I didn't even need to finish typing it in. <laughs> yes, um, I for some reason had that image as they were running, and just I could hear her screaming, you know, don't it's, you know, it's bad. You're you're gonna die in essence. And again, none of that is on the page necessarily. And yet all of that came so clearly. It's a, there is some sort of ability of writing that allows people to live in the world off, not necessarily words that are in it, but words that are implying it and tying into sort of a collective unconsciousness. Maybe I'm going too far on that theory. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I wasn't able to get there until you said the collective unconsciousness. And then I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of it. There is that, that idea of, you know, um, humans trying to get a resource that has been being denied to them and that should be by all rights theirs that has been stolen from them. Uh, basically the story of colonization, we could call it. And there's this feeling essentially also of the one person, the one person who knows the danger that's coming. It's the, the Cassandra that nobody's going to listen to and she doesn't even have enough time really to, to warn anybody. So yeah, there are these elements here that are definitely familiar and are part of our collective unconscious and that, that help us to recognize them more easily and kind of sketch this world even further off the page, which is, I think, part of the reason that you were able to extend it so far into the, uh, the, the spider verse. Nobody's, nobody's come up with that as a word yet. I'm the first, right? Of course. <laughs> I, I find myself loving this story more every time I read it. And I've read it like three times now. And if you ask me what specific portions of it I like, I don't know if I could do that because it all has this sort of, it's a whole. I really think Nettie is a story writer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can't necessarily pull out paragraphs. You can't necessarily pull out sentences it's the story. And I think one of the things about a writer like that, and I can only think of a couple, is that they do this thing where every piece is not only intrinsically tied, but if you pull it, pull a section out, portion out of it, and try to look at it, you are not seeing, you're only seeing the facet, you are not seeing how it reflects everything else. And I think that's a part of the problem that I could just love this story forever. <laughs> yeah, that the whole of, of you know, the, the sum of all the parts is really what this story is. It is, it is all the parts of it combined. And when you isolate one of them, you're, you're left with, without the context that is what makes it great. It's also sad. <laughs> yes, it has, it has a sadness to it, but it has, uh, it has hope and it, she has hope for her future that she didn't have in the beginning of the story. Um, she's lost some things, but she's gained some things. And I just really, really love uh, just to, to 
go back to that um, to play the same tune over again. Really love that idea of music being the thing that connects us even to, you know, from human to human or from human to, to inhuman and that, that we can spread humanity to other things and species and entities via music that really, uh, I think, touches me deeply. Although to bring you down, um, one of the quotes here, I'll never teach music at the elementary school. The one thing she wanted to do and she'll never do it. Okay, you had to bring me down, didn't you? <laughs> had to bring me down. Can't just let me sit up on my happy cloud of music <laughs> gathering humanity together. Nope, nope, nope. Had to pull me down and tell me there's dead children. Here, let me make this uh, horse a little less high. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> chopping us off at the knees <laughs> yeah i i really appreciate this story and i'm so glad that this is one of the your picks though it was edited by my dear friend don joseph adams who i adore so much he's a wonderful human being very tall bald uh and <laughs> i think that the we need more stories like this in the world not only because it is exposing parts of the world that most Americans aren't aware of beyond, you know, maybe a, the fact that it's green on a globe, uh, which is, <laughs> whenever I hear the word Niger, I can picture it on the globe from middle school. It's green, it's right in there, and it's kind of shaped like Wisconsin. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just stories that are of people in bad ways that aren't necessarily about those bad ways, but are about finding the hope and finding the dreams, even if they, you know, will never get to be the music teacher at the elementary school, uh, that there is this sort of new hope coming out of it. Don't call it hope punk. Don't. So, so this hope punk that, that you have defined. <laughs> Spider punk? Music punk? Wait. <laughs> I think someone beat us to that. <laughs> Maybe. Pretty sure it was Oscar Wilde. Uh, <laughs> Pretty sure I'm the first to come up with Spider-Verse, though. That's, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for a fact, you could, you know, I'm sure, turn off the dark and that will be there. That's mm -hmm. how original that is. Absolutely. Yes. Got anything else on this one there, Christy? Uh, no, that's all I got. I really uh, enjoyed the story, uh, the hopeful parts and the less hopeful parts, although I'm going to keep the hopeful parts with me and you can have the unhopeful parts that, uh, that, that, that you seem to so revel in. <laughs> oh, you mean like the fact that most of the children of the village were incinerated? Is that another thing that... Yeah, that, that, that's something <laughs> you, you can keep. <laughs> hey, Christy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what story should we read next week? Next week, we should read Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. And I'm thinking it's more actually a novella. But hey, let's stretch out a little bit. What the hell? Why not? Yeah, I think it's actually technically a novelette. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm flashing back to grad school days and defining the, everything by length, so. Yeah, I think it's 40, <laughs> 40K words. <laughs> so should we still do this one? This is going to be a haul. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely, we should. But actually, it's not a very hard read. Okay, all right. I'm, I mean, I I picked it. So well, I mean, I I offered it to you two stories to you, and you picked that one. But it was in the the short list, <laughs> the very very yeah. short list of two. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's worth reading, even if it is a little longer, because uh, it's just so good. Oh. I'm excited. I'm very excited. You should be, because this has been short story short podcast